This is Red Flags and Red Cards, a podcast about racing, soccer, and everything in between. We are coming to you live on a Monday night when everyone is sleeping from New Jersey. Myself, I am with the in-laws and Josh, you're back in Raleigh, is that right? Yes, I am at home in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina area, Wendell to be more precise. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, good to, good to kind of have a normal week for once. Um, we Our church offices are kind of open again, so... Oh, nice. It, it felt, I mean, there's, you know, three people at the church or four people in the office, but um, feeling a sense of normalcy for the first time in a while. I, uh, I saw your tweet today of something along the lines of playing the game of where did I last drop off my flip-flops or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, just once I get in a building, I just take off, slip off the flip-flops and start, you know, walking around and doing what whatever I needed to do. And then I'm like, wait. <laughs> I probably need to put my flip-flops again before going. <laughs> I can so. see this happening. It's like most people, where's my keys? Where's my wallet? Where's my phone? Where are my flip-flops that might be under a pew or behind a random door? Right. A few weeks ago or a few days ago, it was behind like the TV cart we had. <laughs> my, my, our worship pastor was there. He's like, I know you're going to misplace them. So just so you know, they're behind the TV. I'm like, yeah, I would have been looking for that for hours. <laughs> Way to look out. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yep. Cool. So, uh, well, we've got yeah. a little bit to cover here. We got NASCAR was at, uh, old monster mile hanging out mm-hmm. with miles and, uh, Indy and the Indy 500 and, the well, let's just say the exciting race that, never or the exciting ending that never happened right well well, depending on your definition of exciting but we'll first jump into nascar here um what i like to call the the mercedes f1 team that's not on the same team of nascar denny hamlin took race number one kevin harvick took race number two uh similar stories different racetrack is that fair to say yeah i mean the the two most dominant cars all season um each took a turn to dominate in two of the more boring races of the season so yeah would be kind of the way i would describe it um it was uh i mean those two guys have just been on another level um seven wins now for harvick six wins for denny hamlin um they both probably could have had two more (laughs) throughout this year with the way it's gone yeah um but yeah i thought Saturday's race was particularly difficult to watch, I felt. Um, did you enjoy the races, or well, did you kind of struggle through them? I've, like been, I've been so busy with going from vacation, then going home to Nashville, then immediately going back to Virginia for something, and then hopping on a plane and coming to New Jersey. All that said, I was able to catch some of both. Um, but what I did watch just seemed a lot of round and round which is such a bummer because i really i really like dover because it really is a double double sided or double sized bristol in a way uh with its own characteristic characteristics and it just it just wasn't providing the 
the racing that we're used to seeing there. There wasn't a lot of guys coming off a of turn two, you know, kissing the wall. You didn't see too much of that. You didn't see, usually we see like a random big one, if you will, mm-hmm. there, like where one guy would maybe come out of two and just take out three or four guys with him. We didn't see anything of that like that. So overall, I was, I was, the word I can think of is just bored, mm-hmm. it, which that's fine. I mean, the Dover's over for the year, so we really don't have to worry about it anymore. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, part of. I mean, Dover's it, Dover's cool to be at. Yeah. The speed they're carrying, um, it's kind of it's really fun to. It was the first race I ever went to was Dover, um, and I'll always always enjoyed getting to go to those. Um, and it was like it was good. They you know had the seven fifty horsepower and mm-hmm. the low downforce, and so like you could guys were getting loose coming off of the the corner, especially late in a tire run. Um, a lot of the passes, especially on Sunday, Harvick rest- or started the race in 19th and pretty quickly stormed his way through the field and used um, a good combination of getting guys loose and um, kind of diamonding the corner on the high side. And so there was still those elements, um, but just the, uh, the domination was there by Hamlin. It got good late um, on Saturday because you had Truex, um, who used was the second best car all day Saturday. Um, and he got into the lead through some of the pit cycles, um, and held onto it for a long time. But then towards the end, it, it just, the inevitability of Denny coming through and passing him with 10 laps to go, even though it had all the feeling of something exciting, you know, a, a late race pass for the win. Yeah. There's never a moment where I was like, yeah, Truex could win this. No, like I always just knew Hamill well, was going to run him down. And pass Tr- him. Truex was, he was doing well, but he, but he was super loose. Like I haven't seen mm-hmm. a, a driver that loose in a while. Mm-hmm. And at the in his post race interview, he threw so much shade at Eric Amarola for not letting him get by. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, you were gonna get passed anyway. I mean, I know. I mean, I do know that maybe Eric did kind of hold him up a little bit, but it was really a matter of time of when Dane was gonna pass him. Right, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, that little controversy a little later in the show. Teaser yeah. for you to stick around. Oh, perfect. <laughs> also noted, noting on race race one at Dover, um, top three were Toyota and top yeah. three were JGR. So that was that was that was awesome. Kyle Busch finishing third. That is a, a rarity we haven't really seen. And uh, yeah, Harvick still finished fourth. Old Clint Boyer <laughs> finished right. sixth, and Jimmy Johnson overall. Uh, had a good weekend finished seventh in the first race and third in the second race yeah that was the really the big story of race one was um william byron's struggles and jimmy johnson taking advantage of it where um byron kind of had a i don't know if it was like a bad tires or like if they just didn't like match well with the car or change that went bad but he towards the end of uh stage one went backwards and never recovered in stage two and they tried to play a pit strategy to get back on the lead lap hoping that a caution came out and it did not it backfired to where he went to two laps down doing that again and dropped back to three laps down finishing 28th where johnson um got good stage points throughout it seven stage points i believe and then um, finishing in the top 10 actually went from being 25 points behind byron to two points ahead um which all of a sudden you had this you know exciting points battle where before it was looking like somebody would have to win um but you had that kind of plummet and all of a sudden those two were neck and neck going into sunday 
Um, and then things tightened up even more after the Sunday race, um, which I thought overall I enjoyed the Sunday race a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think part of that speaks to sometimes it's just more entertaining to follow a race when the driver you're, sometimes when the driver you're pulling for is having a bad day. It just kind of ruins everything else with the race for you oh, as well, you know? Totally. I mean, when when I did pull for a, for a driver that was constantly in the top 10 and, you know, all of a sudden he's not there anymore, you wonder what happened and your interest dies down uh-huh. uh, a lot. Uh, and, but and, uh, last week, old Bubba, Bubba Wallace was running eighth and then gets, uh, I won't say dumped, but he kind of got dumped in the turn one at Daytona and I was <laughs> right. like uh what happened and had that happened right. earlier in the race I probably wouldn't have cared as much but at the same time Daytona road course road course I'm always gonna watch it that's mm-hmm. a that's another rant for another day right. <laughs> uh, so that's yeah that's kind of the cup I mean nothing really stands out to me I feel like we're just kind of we're <laughs> If I had to put it in soccer terms, we're kind of waiting to see who's going to be in the relegation zone or not. That's, right. Like we know who's going to be the top four, as it were, or top 16, as it were. Uh, we're just waiting yeah. to see who's going to be that se- or top 15. We're just waiting to see who's going to be in the 16th. Yeah, because that was kind of the, the drama with, with Sunday was because at, at the front, it wasn't there was no drama. Harvick was in a league of his own. Um, so kudos for them to for the changes they made um, between Saturday night and Sunday because he was just phenomenal um, and there really wasn't much exciting there it was really the points battle um, and two things in particular um, one was Byron used good strategy to get um, big stage points in both I think he ended up with 13 stage points total where Johnson got about five or so um, so that swung things a bit and then um, the big thing that also happened was Matt DiBenedetto over the weekend was subpar and mm-hmm. went from being pretty safe to now it's he's nine points in the clear. Byron's four points ahead of Johnson and Johnson's right there. So you have those three guys battling for two spots. But then you also have the fact that it's Daytona and there's the wild card possibility of anyone behind them winning the race. And all of a sudden, those three are battling for one point position. And it just sets up everything for this Saturday night to be uh, drama-filled, um, high emotion, uh, very intense. So it's it's kind of all it's leading up to Daytona being what they envisioned it when they set that to be the the closing race for the year. And I think that's what um, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, there's definitely going to be more pissed off guys than there are going to be happy guys uh, <laughs> by the time Sunday rolls around. Or, excuse me, or yeah, Saturday night rolls around. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think this move to do Daytona as the cutoff race was one of the best decisions that NASCAR has ever done with the schedule. I know uh, uh, the, the, the drivers probably wouldn't agree with that, but they it has pimped up the excitement even more because... You know, it used to be Richmond, and then Richmond, unfortunately, just got really just boring uh, as a, as a final cutoff race. Like it, it, they're like, oh yeah, short track, yada yada yada, but it doesn't race like a short track mm-hmm. as of late. Races more like a mile and a half. So, putting this on a restricted plate track and Daytona of all places, perfect decision um, by NASCAR. And randomly, <laughs> the schedule for the weekend goes 
Xfinity on Friday, Cup on Saturday, and then trucks cap off the weekend on Sunday. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's weird, but I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, if if you're going to put Cup on a Saturday night, I like still having the option of something running on a Sunday. You yeah, know? same. I'm, I'm all for that, um, which as we're getting into a run where I think three out of the next five Cup races are Saturday night races. Yeah. So... Like that's that. gonna be oh, oh. the squealing's back. <laughs> I gotta figure out a way to fix that. I don't know if it's my immature brain or what, but the sound of a toilet flushing, it's just like so when you funny. can't when you can't see it happening, <laughs> right. is so funny to me. <laughs> oh man, yeah, too dumb to yeah. Live. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, three out of the next five cup races will be on a Saturday night, um, which is going to make for, I mean, fortunately football is also going to be coming back soon. Mm. Um, so kind of the Saturday night races kind of lead to Sundays being open for the return of football. Um, obviously the NBA and NHL playoffs are still continuing on. So there's plenty of other sports options as well. Um, but yeah, that could, uh, could set the stage for some excitement. Yeah. Um, especially when you consider that the Bristol night race is one of those. And, um, I think it's safe is, to say that we can't go to that race. I, yes. I cannot yeah. fork out that money. Yeah, for real. If it for wasn't real. a pandemic, I'd be like, yes, let's get, <laughs> I'll buy your ticket. But right. Man. But they are doing uh, they're doing they're doing exactly what they did for the All Star race where you buy your ticket and they'll put you wherever you the tier you bought so you don't get to pick your seat again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Charlotte is doing that as well. The uh oh, cool. the Roval is doing that. Uh, my dad my dad bought us tickets for that race. Oh, right. And, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, And uh, he got an email while we were on vacation asking like a huge questionnaire and giving him the option to just uh, use his tickets for next year if he didn't want to use it for this year. And hmm. basically said, you have to give up your where your seats are currently and we're going to move you somewhere else that's, I think, close to where your tickets were, but they couldn't guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that's a rabbit trail. Uh, yeah. Allgaier finally got a win. Yeah, Dover. good for him. That's great for him. And Briscoe, it comes from out of nowhere, what it seems like the past few weeks, and wins another race. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he disappeared for a solid two months um, while it was the Austin Cindric show. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, it was good to see. I know he was really crushed after um, essentially taking himself out on um, – uh, on the the Saturday race um, mm-hmm. with the spin, and then they got it fixed up, and he was able to to go ahead and take advantage and win um, the second race, which I did not watch any of. Um, I'm guessing you didn't either because the Indy 500 was going yeah, on. Yeah, I cared way more about that. Real quick before we go to the Indy 500, uh, Zane Smith got his second win of the season at the, at Dover in the Truck Series. Nice. So I'm really proud of that guy. He's going to yeah. go far. Yeah, he's so, a good kid. Yeah. So. Indy 500, uh, I still get chills for this race. I don't know what it is. It kind of, 
it didn't feel like August 23rd. It felt like May for for a little bit. Uh, I didn't really <laughs> listen to much of it. I had it on mute because I'm at my in-laws and we were watching golf and I was on the main TV and I was watching the race on my computer. So I didn't get to hear any of the anthems or anything or hear the analysis from old Danica. And uh, But the, the sights were... I still just get chills. I don't know. Those three wide starts, unless you're Scott Dixon, uh, are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that bothered me so much. I know it probably shouldn't, but no, I they get, come off I of get it. turn. Yeah, they come off turn four, and he's already behind um, uh, Andretti drafting off of him. And by the time they get to the start finish line, he's like pulling out to pass him. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think Andretti had the lead going into one. No, he didn't. He was Dixon was probably clear of him by like three car lengths by the time they entered one i was like yeah this feels like rubbish <laughs> yeah their their restarts are interesting because they don't have a restart zone if those who don't know indycar doesn't really have a restart zone the pace car pulls off and then it's kind of up to the the uh starting car like the, the, the car in first place to to launch the field is that am i right about that yeah i think there it might be uh, the flag man once he starts waving it okay you go um but i'm not 100 percent sure which it is either way it's not as like nascar you have the zone everybody knows to get tied up to the car behind you right before that zone or um is planning to tie to start their runs um but with indycar it's a bit more like once the leaders the, the leader kind of jumps out a little bit and it's usually pretty the front are single file, but with Indy, there's so much, the draft affects things so much more, especially mm-hmm. at a place like Indianapolis it's where built for them. Right. <laughs> um, so they could kind of, you can get those runs, um, especially further back in the field where that was the thing with the 500 was you could pass on restarts, but once they got strung out, it was extremely difficult to pass. Um, and so you saw that a few times where guys would get five or six guys going down the front stretch or the back stretch on the first lap. Um, and they'd look like they were going to come flying through the field, but then they just wouldn't go anywhere the rest of the run. Yeah. Case in point, Rossi, after he had his, uh, pit road troubles and got pushed back to the back of the field, he was able to pass a lot of cars. And then once they spread out, he kind of stalled. He actually, he went backwards. He yeah. He backwards. went from, he went from like 23rd to 16th and like a lap and a half. And then 15 laps later, they're like, he's still stuck in 17th. And then, then he was stuck in the wall. Um, <laughs> uh, and it was such a weird incident on pit road. It looks like it wasn't that big of a hit. Uh, like he got hit right. in the right rear quarter panel. Uh, I can't remember who it was. It and was it, Sato. It was Sato. Oh, of course it was. Yes. <laughs> oh, Sato. I love that guy. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it just ended his day. And when Rossi's he's, mad, he's mad. He's the greatest to yes, watch he's so when he's good. mad. Yes. I think it was really funny because I, I posted on my Instagram story and very rarely do I have moments on social media where I feel like I'm funny. But I posted <laughs> angry Rossi is my favorite Rossi. And then like five minutes later, I posted <laughs> wrecked Rossi is my least favorite Rossi. <laughs> yeah. And just that dichotomy was really (laughs) that was that was comical i appreciated that one for sure um but yeah because and that was that was kind of what we're hoping for rossi was the first one that got up there dixon was checked out at one point he had like a 10 second lead um Mm -hmm. which at indy you don't you don't now 
Um, so he was in a league of his own for most of the day until Rossi got up there. And then they were doing the let's save gas by swapping the lead every other lap. Yeah. Or every other straightaway. I love watching that. Mm-hmm. And um, you've never been to the 500, right? No. Oh, man. That's what you see on TV times that by like 100 in person. And where we sat, we were in the um, short shoot of one and two. And so you're seeing the after effects of when they're doing that passing. And it is mind blowing how they mm-hmm. do that at those speeds. And just, uh, we need to go. We just, yeah. we just need to go. Just fork yeah. out a good chunk of change. We'll go to carb day, even though it's the week before. <laughs> Mark, dude, the Freedom 100 with the Indy Lights is the coolest race. It's oh. it's the quickest 40 laps of your life, and it's so freaking cool. Uh, anyway, oh, that sounds like ra- a good time. Rabbit trail. Yeah. Um, so, Sato wins, but it wasn't uh, the finish we were hoping. Unfortunately, a real gnarly hit by um, Spencer Piggott into the. Uh, I don't even know what you would call that. Just the end of pit road wall? The safety yeah, the, the safety barrier for pit road so that you don't... Because uh, that, that, hitting that straight on would be very, very bad. You know, say that, that, that hurt you. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he hits that with... Uh, on. They were coming... When they took the yellow, it was also four laps to go. Um, so that was in the 195th lap that he... Mm-hmm. Um, had that trouble and uh yeah first off again kudos to indycar for the constant improvements they make to to make the cars safer um even earlier than that ask you the speed with which he went into the wall was kind of scary as well Mm -hmm. um and so and he was shaken up too um getting out of that car and so to see them getting out of the cars is every time you see that it's like a yeah thank thank goodness for that so um I think the aero screens uh, are speaking a lot into that. They got mm-hmm. a, this got a lot of crap, as any change in, a, in an open wheel race car gets, especially when it comes to the cockpit of a race car. You saw it in Formula One with the um, halo and the criticism it got, but we've already seen that prove to save lives. And I think the aero screen definitely did that with uh, Spencer. I think he doesn't have that aero screen. I think we're talking, we might be talking about something worse. Just the way he hit that mm-hmm. barrier perfectly, uh, I guess it'd be perpendicular to that wall and mm-hmm. at like dead center of the cockpit. Um, yeah, it could have been, been way worse. But because of that wreck, they uh, they did not red flag it. They ended the race under caution. And it did have some controversy, but um, I guess you can call us devil's advocate. IndyCar with green-white checkered sounds terrifying. And I don't know if that's because of I just go back to Dan Weldon when he wrecked it, wrecked at Las Vegas, however many years ago that was, um, and and how those guys just are really aggressive and the 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 smallest mistake can cause the most catastrophic event. And I, putting IndyCar under green white checkered just I don't know, going 235 miles an hour, so determined to win the Indy 500, sounds terrifying. It sounds awesome. But it sounds terrifying. Would you agree? <laughs> yeah, um, and part of it, you know, there's they've always kind of been IndyCars. 
you know, the race is 500 miles, it's going to be 500 miles. Right. Um, and there's, and so even like just following the normal, I'm not definitely not a fan of a one lap, um, winner take all type thing because of just the way the cars take off and stuff like that. It, it would just kind of not feel right. At least two, two laps. It gives everyone enough time to get fully up to speed and, Mm -hmm. you know, you can make a run or something like that. Um, but you know, following that the red flag goes out, it comes back. You take the yellow with three to go, open the pits, two to go. They're restarting with one to go. It just, that in and of itself, if you want it to be a 500 mile race, I think just going ahead and finishing it um, was the right call. Also, you don't know, there's two things going on simultaneously that are trouble. First off, they have a stretcher out. Um, next to the guy who's they're helping get out of the car. So there's some concern there of how bad's that wreck. But then there's also the how long is it going to take to fix this pit road wall? Um, yeah. Because you definitely want that fixed in a, a mad dash to the finish. So if you're looking at a 30, 60, even 90-minute red flag for that, then you obviously don't want to do that. On top of that, the effect it could have on the cars where um, – it takes a while for the cars to get heated up and fuel loads aren't picking up as well. And so then you got a bunch of guys running out of gas on the last lap, um, which also isn't anything you want. So I think it was probably the the right move to just let, let's run this out, um, which is kind of a bummer because Dixon's car was so fast all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he clearly had he let Sato go because of fuel um, just to make sure he had enough. And he when they told told him it was you know you're good to go he immediately got on sato's bumper yeah um, it was incredible yeah and so and sato had an awesome move to hold him off um when he was coming on the outside and sato just buried it in there and held him off for a few laps and then once they got kind of strung out it still felt like okay five to go dixon's gonna make his move and um it, it never got to happen um which i think they said this is the Third time that Dixon has finished a runner-up in a race that ended under caution, Oof. or something like that. That's not a good stat for him. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't realize this that uh, IndyCar has blocking rules. You can, I feel like it's similar to to Formula One, where you can make one move, but you can't counter that move if the guy behind you tries to try to get around you another way is that is that right because they were they were correct yeah they were giving sato a hard time about that the commentators Mm -hmm. were um which i get it especially with open wheel i hate it but i get it i'm all for blocking i like blocking (laughs) yeah yeah and i yeah like you said i definitely get it in that context um in a, a cup car there's just so much more going on that allows you the opportunity to kind of save you know, a block that goes wrong or something like that, or the, the, the results tend to be less potentially catastrophic. Yeah. Like the IndyCar every year, there's one wreck that always leaves you going, Oh my goodness. I hope that person lived. Um, it's kind of rare that you get that in cup. Like we had it this year with Newman. Um, but that was the first time it happened in several years. I can't even think of the last time. I feel like the last time was Austin Dillon. And yeah. even that, he he immediately popped out of the right, car. Right, exactly. So yeah, I feel, so. Like, I feel like the stuff with Ryan is probably like a once every oh, five years, maybe more. Right. 
Um, with Newman. So. Yeah, and it's usually involving Newman too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, um, but uh, but so I don't I don't know. It's they're just they're different racing. And one of the things I can't stand is this always inevitably brings up the because some people are saying you know why not red flag it? Why not have a green white checkered and IndyCar people? Well, we don't have gimmicks in IndyCar. I'm like except for you know that whole push the pass push the pass thing. thing you know, Mario, <laughs> Mario Kart style. <laughs> right. Um, and it's I don't I don't know. I can't stand some of the you know oh this is gimmicky this is gimmicky it's like you know what it's different yeah <laughs> and just let it be different and enjoy it um and i so that's just something that i uh bothers me like you know watching zadarov choke a guy for the stars um while battling in the puck corner <laughs> <laughs> he's got him around the neck uh, uh. anyway there was a a, a gif that popped up on or jeff or however you want to say it a dot gif um I say, GIF I, say, dot. I say gif gif is peanut butter yeah i think it's one of those things where like the guy that invented it calls it a gif he does yeah. so i'm prone to go all right dude you created it so sure yeah yeah, yeah. Um, he's got to say for sure yeah but anyway um <laughs> <laughs> um i saw one more thing oh the barriers that would easily take a 90 minutes to fix yeah that when yeah. I when I when I kept watching that replay, I'm like, ain't no way, that's gonna be safe, like a quick, ten minute fix. And also, right. uh, back to your point about people comparing other motorsports, I do it, we all do it, but mm-hmm. I think when you have an understanding of another, like good understanding of other forms of motorsports and how they do things, it helps you appreciate maybe the your favorite. And how the, their rules package works and whatnot, mm-hmm. and 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 respecting it and being able to separate them and be like, well, a NASCAR doesn't work that way, but in Formula One, this is how they do it. Rather than ridicule, just be like, okay, that's how they do it here, that's how they do it there. You know, that's something we could apply in our daily lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so I think on the whole, like with the weekend too, it's it's you know not every. Some sometimes a football game comes down to the wire. Hockey game goes to quadruple overtime or whatever. And sometimes you <laughs> Quint, know quintuplet. I don't even know quintuplet. Yeah. And sometimes you know a team spends most of the fourth quarter running the ball, and when two minutes left in the game, they take three knees. Sometimes a driver kind of dominates all day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes a race isn't as exciting. Doesn't mean it was a bad race. Um, I think sometimes we convolute. Um, a race being boring and being bad Um, yes which i don't think is always the case sometimes it's like you know there's not much of an entertainment factor here but that doesn't mean that it was a bad race um and sometimes it's super entertaining like wow that was an awesome race to watch and on the whole it wasn't really a good race there's just a bunch of guys wrecking um and it created an exciting finish (laughs) right so it's a yeah so if we if it sounds like we talked down the NASCAR races or the IndyCar race a little bit for being boring, we didn't intend to make it sound like it was bad. Nope, not at all. It was, uh, <laughs> it was like I said, Indy race. I feel like was uh, it's hard not to watch it. I'll just say that even if Scott Dixon does have a ten second lead, you know something's going to happen, so it's mm-hmm. very hard to turn away. Yeah, that's that's yeah. me with the Indy five hundred, and uh, those boys have a double header at Gateway this weekend. Uh, I'm kind of sad that I can't go because that's going to be <laughs> such a great weekend. I was really thinking I was going to go, but fortunately was not able to. 
But hey, dare I say there's always next year? Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Maybe there's a next year. Yeah. Maybe this is it. <laughs> cool. Sounds good. <laughs> come next, Jesus. Here, here, yes. Here we come. <laughs> Sounds great. Right. <laughs> cool. Well, shall we get on to your favorite segment of the show? Yeah, let's do it. Play on yellow card, red card, um, where I throw out a statement and Nick, um, if he likes it, says play on, or if he's okay with it, play on. Um, if he's kind of conflicted or it's differing views, yellow card. And for if he's like, I didn't like it, red card. Um, and this we alluded to earlier, but uh, Martin Truex Jr. Um, blames his loss on Eric Almirola not getting out of the way. Um, his reaction, what what would be your, uh, what do you say about that? Uh, yellow card. Uh, he still gets passed. It's not completely Eric's fault. So, Denny yeah. Hamlin's still going to eventually get around him. Maybe he would have had a bigger lead. What does that sound? It's, it's back. Oh, it's no. back. <laughs> It'll go away in 10 seconds, I bet. Okay. Oh, it's so high. I won't have to flush it. That's I know, cool. it's so annoying. It's, it's gotten, like, it was like a once every few days it would happen. But the last few days, it's been happening regularly. And I'm like, I need to figure out how to fix that. All right, it's mm. gone. Cool. <laughs> um, um, anyway. So, yeah. Um, I Denny wouldn't have been able to get up to um, Truex's bumper as quick had Eric not been there. So maybe the circumstances would have been a little bit differently, but I don't know. I just Denny's so good. I don't see him not passing Truex before the race is over. Yeah, I just I just had a problem with it because like I don't know. It just it it didn't seem to me like I know there was one time where Truex got like right to him um, or almost underneath him and didn't quite complete the pass. Yeah, I do remember that. But then outside, there's like ten laps where like he didn't get within five car lanes of him. So it's not like he was particularly holding him up. It was like, okay, there's the one time where he didn't. And then the rest of it, I was just like, I mean, I just feel like you had a really loose car and you're just trying to vent some frustration. Um, although, can we take a moment to have a little memorium memorium for Martin Truex Jr. in that race, finishing second place and ending his streak of five straight third place finishes. Oh, he should have let off the gas a little bit. <laughs> he should have. They said it was the odds of getting uh, five straight top third place finishes is one in a million. <gasps> oh. And the odds of it happening six straight times, something like one in 2.3 million. And had he done that, he then went on to finish third, third on Sunday. On Sunday. So it would have been at seven, which the numbers would have been astronomical at that. Gosh. I mean, there already were, but it's like, so sad day, but one of the greatest runs we've ever seen. Yeah. Of that's consistent. Random people. statistics. Yes. That is a Mark Martin stat. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I didn't like it, but you know, other people may. Um, so next one, one of the things William Byron got um, railed on about was being too nice to Jimmy Johnson at the end of the race on uh, Sunday where Johnson's tires were old and Byron could have forced the issue and gotten him loose um, and didn't. And so Johnson's tires leveled out and they finished third and fourth, um, which is still a good day for him. I mean, a huge day for Hendrick, third, fourth, and fifth. Mm -hmm. Um, But being too nice, um, and there's a number of drivers I would kind of put into that role 
of not having that. There's like a lacking of aggression um, that we've seen over the years. Byron, um, I think Bain had that. Reagan had that. And it um, there's a general trend of my favorite drivers being not aggressive. Uh, <laughs> is That is a, a symptom that will hurt him in the long run career-wise or any driver like that. Uh, I'll give it another yellow card. It could hurt him, but also could help him. Probably more so hurt because people are always going to think they can just kind of roll over him. And, and the persona he kind of gives off in interviews is that he's just, and he still looks like a 17-year-old who's never shaved before, who's just kind of like, I'm really thankful to be here, and <laughs> that's it. And I know that's not him. That he's a really good race car driver. I'm not, I mean, that's why he's in the 24 car. Uh, but it also could help him because it may help get respect down the road from other drivers. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. been in the sport long enough to really get, you know, respect or disrespect. Uh, so that's why I would go to yellow card because I'm kind of floating in the middle there. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, but there's a number of drivers over the years that I've just thought, you know, you could have probably been more successful if you were more aggressive. Um, It's why I think somebody like Bubba, who you put him in a better ride and he's going to continue, he's going to get better and better finishes (laughs) because he's super aggressive and doesn't care who's around him. Um, And I think it doesn't, you can be nice. I mean, Joey Logano's a super nice dude off the track, Mm -hmm. but once you get on the track, He's scary. You know, he is, he's kind of scary. He does, yeah. has no problem moving people. And I appreciate um, that about him. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so that's kind of the, there's just a certain niceness level you see in some people that I'm like, I just feel like you got to go to another gear with the competitive nature to, mm-hmm. um, if you're going to win. Um, finally, uh, a shorter one today. Um, so Dustin Johnson was 30 under par this weekend. Oh um, my gosh, right? Yeah, <laughs> and there's a general trend of the last few months of these guys are just too good and hitting the ball so far that um, golf needs to start lengthening all of its courses. Would you agree with that? Play on, yellow card, red card. Um, red card. Did you see Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy and their duo this weekend? Now, they're bad. What they were real bad. <laughs> it was, it was real bad. They were, looks like they were just chasing each other. Who was gonna be deeper in the woods? <laughs> it was really comical. I was like, seriously, they were both tied for. Oh, it was way down. It was way down there. And I was like, you know what? These guys are human, and I feel so much better until Royal McIlroy is deep in the woods and then punches out onto the fairway and then chips on like three feet from the pin. I'm like, okay, never mind. I still suck. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even so, you know, they, they both played terrible all week and they, uh, they both finished at six under par. Yeah, that's fair. Like, <laughs> yeah, put that's that uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, uh, 24 they, strokes off the lead, but <laughs> that's they, insane. <laughs> wow. Maybe, maybe make, anything under 380 yards a par three. Yeah. 
that might help. That's yeah, that would definitely help. But I mean, even still, like I think they were saying Dustin Johnson averaged like 320 yards. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and so even that, you put a 550 yard par four. He's on in three, or he's putting, he's still he's put, yeah, he's putting for eagle. Yeah, right, and or so it's it's I don't know something might need to to change or. I don't know. Change the golf clubs. Well, you, you, well, <laughs> I'll let you go talk to the grounds guys at Augusta and let me know what they say if they let you even near the gate. Oh, they <laughs> wouldn't let me near the gate. <laughs> Does that place they have like a ten foot wall or something? You can't even see through it. Something like that, probably, and okay. it's made of uh, magenta or some sapphire stones. Oof. I don't know. <laughs> that. I just imagine that I just made that up, but I just imagine it being like the most glorious place. Even their walls are like super pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's uh, like the most sought out ticket. I think in yeah. sports still. Yeah, it's definitely up there. Um, Bristol will used to be second. I'm pretty sure that's a true statement. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, not as much anymore, no. but it should be because the racing there is amazing. That's right. Um, but yeah, so that's it for play on yellow card, red card, a bit shorter this week. Um, but that is perfectly okay. That was a good one. I like that you brought golf into it. We haven't really talked much golf. That was good. Well, <laughs> and we we both like golf. Um, yeah. We're both mediocre golfers. Yeah, I'd say that. So I get sore about play. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as most of us have done, actually, never mind. I take that back. Apparently, the Champions League final had a bunch of viewers. Uh, to watch it. I was not one of those viewers, but Bayern Munich went on to beat um, PSG. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually a great goal. It was a nice little uh, flick into a header, I think, and it went into the, the corner, the right corner. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. They, the highlights yeah. I did watch, the goalkeeping was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. It was just yeah. unreal. And those are two yeah. great teams to have for the final. I was kind of bummed I didn't watch it, but I was more concerned about uh, leading up, everything leading up to the... Was that the same day as the 500? Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. It yeah. Was, there was a lot going on. Yeah, um, but was. yeah, the 500 was kind of a, a big deal. I People at church kept being like, what do you got planned today? I'm like, the Indy 500. <laughs> like, okay, what time does it start out? And I was like, one. Then I looked later, I'm like, 2.30. So, <laughs> Just kidding. I will not be going to softball practice at four because it will be the race will be ending as softball practice ends. Eh, we have soft. a softball game tomorrow. Oh, dude, I'm jealous. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it's not too hot. Mm. That's the one concern. Yeah. Um, but the rules are going to be a bit intense. Trying to follow, oh. only three people allowed in the dugout at a time, and social distancing and all that stuff. So, um, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'll give everybody an update next week. Yeah, but, please uh, do. That sounds interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I think they're clearly two of the better teams in the world right now. Um, and PSG, I had a, I thought that they were going to, they were kind of my pick over the last few weeks to win it. So nice little upset for, well, that's not really an upset. Just, I was wrong. <laughs> that's a little, nice little upset for myself. Right. <laughs> uh, but in two and a half weeks, we have the, uh, not only do we have NFL, but the Premier League will, Yes. you're ramping right back up so 
let's get it started. It's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it um, a lot. Um, So, yeah, transfer season sort of is going. Um, sort of, it's a weird year. It is, but weird. I've been getting random <laughs> updates on who's now on city, and I'm like, who's that? I have no <laughs> idea who that is. Yeah, so the first few weeks of the season are relearning um, some of these people because uh, there's just that's the thing with soccer. There's so many leagues that like there's like you know top thirty players in the world, and I'm like, okay, I feel like I've heard this person's name before. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but they play in you know La Liga or something like that, and I just don't know everybody on all the teams mm. yet yeah or probably never will but <laughs> it keeps it's hard to keep up because they'll change anyway right <laughs> and um we're kind of in the thick of it for nhl playoffs the islanders gave it to the flyers tonight four to nothing for in real game one of uh one of the game i don't even know <laughs> Second e- round. Second round. I wouldn't say Eastern. <laughs> right. Second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs, not counting the play-in round, which doesn't count as a round, apparently. So, right. so <laughs> but sec- does count as the playoffs, but the it's not sec- the playoffs. The second and a half round. And uh, <laughs> the uh, Avalanche and Stars are currently in the second period with the Avs up one to nothing. I guess I'll say go Avs because I, I prefer the Avalanche over the Stars because I prefer Denver over Dallas as a city. That's, <laughs> that's my justification. I'm sticking to it. And tomorrow night, we have the Bruins and Lightning and the Canucks and the Golden Knights. Yeah, which the Golden Knights have been are continuing to be uh, the cream of the crop. Uh, Colorado has been excellent as well. Um, Philadelphia was my pick to go to the finals out of the East, but they have uh, not looked strong in the series against Montreal or um, and the Islanders, the Islanders are a sneaky good team. Um, so it would not at all surprise me to see the Islanders um, advance past the Flyers, um, much to my chagrin, just because, as we established earlier, I like when my predictions are right, which doesn't happen often. But <laughs> that's why they're called predictions. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, so should be some exciting series to follow. Boston, Tampa, that's going to be. A good one. I feel like um, they always play each other in the playoffs. Yeah, typically. Boston's usually good for at least getting to the second round. And Tampa true. Tampa's usually Tampa's does the opposite of what people predict. So last year always. everyone thought they'd run through the league and they got eliminated in four games. This year people were like, Oh, we're not trusting Tampa and they're probably gonna run through everybody. So <laughs> everyone be a Canucks fan so that a uh a uh, Canadian team can make it far. <laughs> right. <laughs> so sorry um, for them having to play the Golden Knights. Yeah, that's uh that's a, like you said. that's just gonna be a tough out for anybody. They yeah. just they They're are so, so good. good. <laughs> um Robin Leonard has really come into his own as a goalie, um, which is cool to see, especially hearing some of the different um issues he went through during his time in Buffalo, struggles with um alcoholism and um suicidal mm-hmm depression type stuff and uh, to come out of it um, and to be establishing himself as one of the better goaltenders in the league over the last two years has been really cool to see. Um, and he's snatched the starting role from flurry. Um, yeah. That's over the last few, few weeks. What, so. a, what a feat. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Although it seems to be the trend with flurry. 
Um, he's probably on his way out anyway. Yeah, he's he's been around for a while. I think he still has two more years. He's got a gargantuan contract, like seven million dollars a year for at least one more year. Dang, that's really good for um, hockey. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. So he'll uh, he'll be around, and he's a good team player. Um, you know, he was supportive when Matt Murray took the role with the Penguins for those two Stanley Cup runs, and mm-hmm. um, I'm sure he'll be supportive with Robin Leonard, um, especially had his his uh, his uh, the person that does money stuff for him agent mm-hmm. posted a, uh, a picture of, um, him playing goal and having like the Vegas sword going through his back. Ooh, um, nice. and he, uh, he was not too pleased with his, his agent after that and had him take it <laughs> off Twitter. So, um, Awkward. so yeah, so yeah, that's uh that's the thing to follow prediction. Um, would be that Vegas is going to steamroll through everybody, so they'll get eliminated in five games by the Canucks now that I said that. And, <laughs> and with that... With that... Um, do you have anything to rant about? Um, just kind of to talk about one of the cool things from Indy 500 week is to see the commitment from fans that have um, going to the Indy 500 has been a part of what they do their entire life. Um, they go every year, some people... I've been going for better part of 50, 60, 70 years, and a lot of those people um, went out to the Speedway and they they watched the race on cellular devices from just behind the line, the grandstands, where they could listen to the sound of the cars going. And a special shout out to the guy that built yes. a. Yes, uh, <laughs> I was going to say the treehouse. <laughs> yeah, he built a treehouse in someone's backyard. I was reading an article about it, and he like he went and scouted out the place using Google Maps first, and then he kind of found a place that he thought might be a house, and there's a tree. So he what he then did is he got a tour of Indianapolis Speedway. And on the tour, went and found that tree. And he's like, okay, if I can see the tree from here, then the tree can see the tra- I can see the track from the tree. And then he went to the guy, offered him $100 to set up the stand. Um, the guy took it and actually helped supply some of the wood. So he built a tree stand. Um, after it was completed, when it all looked good, he paid the guy another $100. And then after the race, I think he said he loved it so much that he paid the guy another $200 to thank him for, oh, <laughs> for wow. letting him use his tree. That is so, so cool. Yeah, so shout out to the ingenuity and the commitment of fans that even though they couldn't be in the track, a ton of them still uh, went. And uh, they they were, I'm giving it to them, they attended the Indy 500. So Yeah, that's so good cool. For them. I love race fans and that commitment. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, on that positive note, it is time to sign off. So with that, I'm Nick. And I'm Josh. And we'll see you later. Bye.